boy, Elon, you listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 234. On this episode, the Manlings are getting together to talk about all the underworlds and how they might be played with the regular worlds. Something like, I don't even know. All I know is they're always late lately and they're always behind and now they're putting this together and I'm supposed to be just working and when at the beck and call, I'm getting sick of it. So shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage Tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we'll do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way, bringing you Shadespire, Night Vault, Beastgrave, and this is what it's like when underworlds collide. I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I am Joe's Swollen Scrotum. Wow. How about that for a hot start? Let me tell you. It's ballsy, dude. <laughs> you ain't. Joking. Uh, I am. Uh, I am. Oh, just okay. Disclaimer: I am right now hopped up on caffeine to counteract uh, my medications. Um, so I am medicated and caffeinated. Congratulations. Um, yeah. So this is going to be one heck of a thing tonight. I'm just telling you that right now. Um, for those who uh, don't know, I had inguinal hernia surgery um, like five days ago. And um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I went back to work just like after a couple of days. And I'm telling you, that first day back at work, man, not just walking slow, but like getting up and down. And I'm just exhausted. Like, it's, it, it I, I know it's routine surgery. You're nuts. <laughs> Oh no, those 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 poor guys, man. Ugh, ugh. But that's not the point of this show. Um, today we're gonna be talking about all sorts of underworld stuff. And Alex, you have done a hell of a job with these notes. Um, because well, I Alex, do what I can. Alex knows stuff, but boy, oh boy, did he go through. You are gonna get some comprehensive coverage. Tonight, folks, once we get to that stuff. But first, why don't we take a minute, Alex, to thank our sponsors? Well, I mean, we probably should. Probably. I mean, keep being late, but we should still always recognize the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Chaos Orc Superstore. 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 Dude. <laughs> Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your basing MDF needs. Oh, and you know what they just came out with? Uh, they've been playing uh, Star Wars Legion, and so mm-hmm. lots of t- it's, it's it's Fantasy Flight. So it's like Token City, um, and you got all the cards. So they yes. they just came out with some new uh, like trays to keep all your stuff organized and keep your cards mm-hmm. where you need them. Uh, check it out. The, the, the number six Squared Studios dot ca for Canada. Yes, that is true. But it's Canada, A, and Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois. There's always something happening at Grognards. I need a bell. I need a bell. I want a bell. So it, so I can. there's always something happening at Bing, Grognards. I got to find one. Do you have a fever? I got a fever, but I don't need a cowbell. It's not there's always something happening at Clonk Grognards. It's got to be like a little. Oh, bell. I don't know. Like I wanna, I wanna, 
I like I got I got a Christmas ornament like from It's a Wonderful Life with a little angel on it, and it says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. And it's got like the perfect sound, but I am not going digging in my rafters of my garage to go find one stinking ornament. So I gotta I gotta get a bell. I need a bell. Remind me, Alex. I need a bell. I'm gonna write that down. I need a bell. Bell. <laughs> I'm writing I it on the show notes. As soon as I edit the show, All right. this is going to go into trash. I won't remember it. Next episode, I'm going to be like, I need a bell. Yes. Yes, you do. You know who else, so, we, Dave, else we need? We need to thank our Patreon uh, patrons. Because yes. those people, the almost 1% who make this show and everything that we do on it, whether it's worth listening to or not, possible. And I should especially want to thank our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and Lance Pear, our executive producer, Colin Miller. Thank you, Colin. And our newest patron, William Shen. William, thank you for joining the Garage Hammer patron family and becoming part of the 1%. You, my friend, are awesome. So, uh, what else do we got to do here? Oh, I'm. Oh, you, you introduced uh, it. I got to dig up the voicemail. Do we have to do voicemail? I mean, do we have voicemail? Is that still a thing? Did you know we have voicemail? I got voicemail for the show, and I it's clearly awesome. Don't. We do not have a voicemail. We do, and you can call it, and you can call one seven five seven GH Show Six. That's one seven five seven GH Show Six. Uh, international callers in most countries dial zero zero, and then one seven five seven GH show six. And when you do that, you will get to the voicemail, and you can leave a voicemail. And we don't always get to play all of them because when we have long episodes and stuff like that. We don't get to play all of them because you know that's how it happens. It's just how it happens. But right now we got one. Now this one is from Brandon. Now Brandon, by the way, is my new buddy. Not only because he leaves voicemails, but because he just got for his son a whole collection of Warhammer Champions cards. Um, and now I don't have them anymore. So he is my hero of the day. Uh, he did call before the uh, before that happened, and he left this voicemail. He was very excited. I'm just going to say that he actually ran out the timer. On the voicemail. So get ready for this because, oh boy, here we go. Hey, this is Brandon from Columbia in the Port Chop Express, and I'm talking to those tools in the garage. Uh, first, I want to say, I'm, I'm going to apologize. This is going to be a long voicemail. Uh, second, man, loved the Ogor Ma Tribes uh, lore and war review. Uh, Chris was uh very knowledgeable you guys obviously are very knowledgeable my favorite part was alex and the puns Uh. oh my gosh he was killing them it was great uh it was like uh egg shen pulling stuff out of his uh six demon bag i mean it was awesome uh so uh and then um i wanted to comment too on this most recent episode for your um tournament showings i wanted to say i I really appreciate and respect um, the comments that you guys made. Um, you guys really talked about some light, real life issues coming up, um, and and I really think that that shows your character. It also shows some vulnerability, and I can definitely respect that. And it, it just makes you guys more real. Um, and and I think that people need more need to hear more of that. Um, the, uh, I, I really also, I just want to say, Alex, I totally appreciate 
your willingness to talk about a difficult subject um, uh, as far as the fertility stuff. And, uh, and I know that that's not easy, um, especially being a man. Uh, but I think other men need to hear about those things. Um, and, uh, dude, the car accident. Oh my gosh. That, that, that's, that's a terrible thing to go through, but I think we can all say that we're glad you're still here. Um, and then Dave, um, uh, thanks for being open and honest, um, about your mental health struggles and, um, mentioning about suicide prevention month. Um, I'm a school psychologist and my wife is a PhD clinical psychologist and, um, and we work in this field, um, every day. Um, and, um, just you promoting, um, in, uh, the mental health aspect, but also showing that it's nothing to keep silent about. Definitely respect that and hope that you guys, um, uh, continue, um, that and, um, and you're right, community is the biggest reason why people are going to stay around, um, not just because they love this game, but because it's about the relationships that we build um, going to these tournaments and, um, and playing these games that we love um, uh, and communicating about those with our friends. Um, so keep up the good work, guys, and I'm looking. And the timer ran out. And I actually talked to him, uh, and he was like, he was so embarrassed the timer ran out. I'm like, don't, it was a good voicemail. Uh, don't, don't apologize. I love voicemail. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. It's not something I hide. Um, so uh, I just, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we've gotten a lot of good feedback from a lot of different people on the last couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. So. And and, I, and we did get several really. I mean, some people wrote to us after that last episode, and uh, I haven't been able to write them back because between graduate school and then going in for surgery. Um, but you know, I just want you guys to know I got them and I read them, and I'm going to try to try to respond to you guys. Um, yeah, dude, last that last episode was kind of hard for me. I don't do well in February, and uh, I was I was at the bottom. I mean, I, like I said, I got bipolar manic what do they call it now do they call it bipolar or do they call it manic depression i don't even know uh it's bipolar and then it's just a matter of type and then most recent episode and then the severity of your most recent episode okay because i was i hit i hit a down cycle as i call it. i just use up my own terminology because i know what i mean uh but i was mm-hmm. really on a down cycle. i mean when when we signed off you were still on the phone with me i fell into a complete panic attack Mm-hmm. Like, as we hung up, just because even talking about it, I was just like, blarg. But, I mean, that's what happens, and that's why I wanted to bring it up, because I know how bad it is f- for a lot of people. Um, I mean, that, that you know, it's, it's you know, I'm not going to say it's a cause or anything like that with me, but it's it's just something that was, you know, on my mind. And, I, I you know, I, you work... You know, in you know, with with that in that type of business, and and I work with kids who deal with it all the time. So I'm just like, nope, gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta, I gotta do this. So thank you guys for calling. Yeah. Thank you guys for writing. Thank you everyone um, for all the kind words about the episode because we did get a lot of feedback about that. Um, and like I said, I mean, even when I was saying it, I, I don't know that this is the platform for it. Like that's not what the show's about. But I mean. Anytime you can reach out and tell people to, you know, try to help, like, I don't care what the show's about. You want to throw that in at the end? I mean, heck, G.I. Joe used to do it all the time because now I know no one's half the battle. So, 
if I can throw a PSA in there and help somebody, I am happy to. So, oh dear Lord. Okay, we need to take a break, and I need to get some water. I think because, good golly, Miss Molly. All right, we'll be right back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the Toolbox, brought to you by Chaos Orb Superstore. Chaos Orb Superstore. Chaos Orb Superstore. Yep, that works. Okay, so, yeah, before we get into the Toolbox, uh, just a quick PSA. Speaking of PSAs, um, there's been a lot of chatter on the social medias of various platforms regarding Adepticon um, and whether or not it's going to happen with regards to the uh, coronavirus or COVID or whatever it's called. Um, Obviously, this is something to be concerned about and something that, as an organization, Adepticon is concerned about. Um, As of right now, as of recording, so that's 3.11, we are still on for Adepticon. We are evaluating the situation every day. This is not something that we are... um, letting slide and it's not something that we are not taking seriously we're working with local state officials um try to figure out what is going to be the best decision and it's just going to be a day-by-day basis as we go so until you hear from adepticon that we're canceled assume we're going just make the best decisions for you and your family and if you don't feel well, as much as we would love to see you, stay home. Um, yeah, no kidding. Just, that's I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, how often do people go and they're like, oh, I, might, I feel a little sick, but I don't want to miss it. Dude, if you're feeling sick, please, we'll see you next year. For the love of Pete. I know if I start to get sick, I ain't going. I ain't going to risk that with nobody. Sorry, yeah. jumped in there. So, I mean, no, it's fine. It's just, It's just going to be... Trying to figure out what's going to be the best thing. And until you hear it from us, don't assume anything. Just make the best decision for you when the time comes. And we will certainly understand it. Um, we do. We have extended our cart refund policy. So you can apply credit towards Adepticon 2021 or 2022 if you're not feeling this year. So just don't be dumb. Make the best decision for you. And if you do come... Wash your hands, 
please and shower please <laughs> so well, it's that's going to be the biggest thing to prevent the spread of anything is to shower use hand sanitizers etc cetera, etc cetera. well i know uh kevin and uh from six squared studios uh, they're going to be there and he was even wondering he's like oh my gosh because heather posts up stuff and she's a nurse and she posts uh posted up something about uh you know the the coronavirus being in, in Illinois or in, you know, in the Chicagoland area. And he's like, oh my gosh, is that near Adepticon? Are they going to cancel? She's like, no. She's like, dude, just wash your hands and don't touch people and you'll be fine. Cover your face when you sneeze. Oh, by the way, Kevin is having a birthday uh, while he's at Adepticon. So I think Friday, Heather's going to come out and grab us and we're going to take him out to dinner because, you know, Six Grand Studios. So, mm-hmm. but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I hate to jump all over the place, but my mind is not running straight because I'm loaded. So, <sighs> okay. Um, was there anything else you want to talk about about the about Adepticon and what's it, it the runningness of it? No, I okay. don't think so. I think yeah. I just, mean, there's been a lot of changes as policies have come out. Like just even a little bit ago, um, we now have a travel ban incoming from Europe, with the exception of the UK. Um, oh, so, wow. yeah, and we'll have to see how it goes. Um, but it's one of those things that we are taking seriously and we are evaluating every day. And this is not something that we intend to screw around with. So please forgive us. There's going to be a lot of last minute adjustments if this event goes. So, yep. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, onto the toolbox. Yarp. Yarp. All right. Uh, you want to take your hobby first? Sure. Um, so what have I been working on? I've been just working through a hodgepodge of models. Um, I just finished a Spirit Torment this morning for my Night Haunt, so that's always fun. Um, I'm just kind of like working on stuff as I go. Uh, finished some Raptorxes for Warcry. Finished uh, Rip of Snarl Fangs for Underworlds. So... I'm just kind of plugging along and just doing little bits here and there, what I can, when I can. So, yeah, it's not been a whole heck of a lot. Um, at least, like, nothing to speak of because I've just been, like, doing little things as I have the time to do it. Mm. So. Uh, okay, so me. Let's see. Um, once I pack and get a shipping cost, my underworlds are sold, all of it. Uh, sold my Warhammer Champions. Uh, looks like uh, I got a taker for my Stormcast. So that's gone. Um, what else? Uh, and basically, if, if selling off the stuff you're not using counts as hobby, I got a lot of it. If hobby counts as hobby, I got nothing. All right? I mean, I wasn't joking when I said I hit a spiral. Uh, near end of Jan- uh, Right after Packa. Pack a weekend was a little rough for me, but a lot of good friends there, a lot of good things happening. You gave me a heart attack there for that first evening, but once I knew you were okay, it was good. Um, that weekend was rough, and when I got back, uh, everything spiraled out of control. In fact, Harrison's coming home for spring break on Friday, and I have to clean this basement because literally this stuff, I, when I came home from Packa, I dumped my stuff. It's still sitting here. Like, I haven't touched a model I haven't, other than to go through stuff to pack it up to get rid of it. Like, 
I was selling off so much stuff, people were asking me if I was okay. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm just I, I, I'm getting rid of stuff I don't play with anymore. I mean, and still, I mean, talk about stuff to go. You know, uh, I got Harrison's old high elf stuff because he's not going to use it anymore. That's got to go. Space Marines, my Ultramarines. I got about, what, six, 7,000 points easy as Ultramarines. Some of the new stuff, some of the old stuff. That's got to go. Uh, I got a bunch of boxes of Tau Army stuff that I bought. I bought a couple of starter kits and a Devilfish and some Crisis suits and some whatever those guard guys are called. Bling, bling, boom, got to go. Uh, Dark Ages starter set, Star Wars X-Wing, Mars Attacks. Dude, I just went through a freaking list. Uh, Descent, Necromunda Underhives. I got the final. I got the Fantasy Flight Horus Heresy game, which, by the way, that's an excellent game. Uh, but it's like if I don't play it anymore, Speed Freaks, you know, Song of Ice and Fire. It's all got to go. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm clearing out anything I don't use anymore. Making that money for college, baby. But uh, yeah, uh, and if I don't sell it beforehand, I'm going to bring a bunch of it and try to sell it uh, at the Bits Trading at Adepticon because I'm just, I am in full on. Clear out anything you don't use mode. I actually took a bunch of my old books over to half price books too and got rid of those too. I'm just I'm trying to uh, do that. So my hobby is literally non-hobby. It's literally just uh, getting rid of anything I'm not using. And I think some of that money will probably go to buy Harrison uh, the new elf army, whatever the heck they're called. The the Lumineth Rum Lords. I kept I kept I kept thinking Monolith something or others, but Lumineth Realm Lords. That's what they're called. Great name. I like it. Yes. Um, and uh, Harrison really likes the models, and he's been waiting to play whatever the new version of High Elves is, and he's been sending me messages how much he likes the new models. So I have a feeling I'm going to be getting him some some uh, some Lumineth Realm Lords soon so that's it for my hobby what about gaming oh i'm gonna go first none because same reasons there we go go ahead <clears throat> um let's see gaming what have i done lately um uh, no that's it uh i think the last time i was gaming was at holy wars oh okay so yeah, wow, wow. Uh, no, just... no, I lied. I lied. I went out uh, last Friday night fire, and fire. played some Warcry. Oh yeah, yeah. How'd that go? So, uh, sorry. Pardon me. We've got. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I said, "How'd it go?" And you, you said, getting "Sorry." Echo now? No, no echo. Are you okay? You said echo. No, yeah, I'm fine. You said echo. Don't play no, with me. I said, how'd that go? Oh, I thought you said uh, it was an echo. <laughs> ow, ow. God damn it. <laughs> Don't make me cough or laugh too hard. Jesus Christ, ow. Oh, pardon my language. Woof. <laughs> I didn't say echo. I said, how'd that go? Uh, all right, I'm not even editing this out. Screw it. We're going. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, try it out. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Just go ahead. Did we break, Dave? Tell me how your game yeah, went, for uh, the love of God. <laughs> uh, try it out the Corvus Cabal. 
and really enjoyed playing them. Played against a new guy playing Bone Splitters, uh, so Ooh. that was fun. And then we did a uh, three-player game with myself, this new guy, and uh, John Wenger playing Daughters and Corvus and Bone Splitters. So it was nice. We're going to start an Underworlds uh, like league after the after uh, Adepticon se- season ends. Yeah, nice. I love that game. Mm-hmm. I don't get in nearly enough up. games in. I I go to Warhammer Club every week, and I still don't get games in because a I'm painting up models, so th- th- trying to get the kids interested in doing it, and um, they're they're all they're all playing. They're literally and almost everybody just wants to play Warcry. They play a little Underworlds, and uh, the the guy I do the club with, he's uh, more of a 40k guy, and he's trying to get him to play Kill Team, but mm-hmm. everybody's playing Underworlds. I mean, not Underworld, uh, Warcry. Um, Warcry. Yeah, and I don't know I don't know why it's, they like it more than Kill Team. I think Kill Team might be a little more complicated, I I think. So maybe that's what it is. It's just so easy to learn. And I don't even have to teach anymore. Mm-hmm. I got the, the kids all know how to play. So if they ever bring in a new kid, they're like, here, you play with him. You teach him how to play. I'll play against him. I'll take this team. They'll, they'll go easy on him. Anytime you get a new guy, because they usually use the starter set stuff a lot of the time, they give them the iron golems. So <laughs> here, if you screw up, it's hard to kill these guys. Right. Yep. Makes uh, perfect sense. <laughs> all right. So is that all the gaming? Are we just going through this? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's easy. You got any other? Nope. Nope. There ain't much been. No. There ain't much been going on otherwise. All right, so I've been reading the Seraphon book a bit because I just got it. By the time this goes out, the sh- book will probably be on the shelves because I'm slow as molasses with this right now. Um, but I've been looking through it. Seems good to me. But then again, I don't know. Like I, I like all. I'm like most of the books. Um, but it seems cool. Like it seems like they got a lot of builds. I mean, you could play. You could play all of the big monster guys. So like that's you know I'll take that. Um, Lots of giant dinosaurs running around is cool with me. It's it's better than fighting a bunch of little skink swarms, you know? But that's just my opinion. Um, let's see, I've been reading that. And uh, when I've been working out, I, I work out uh, doing an hour in the mornings. So I bring my phone and I, I, I watch an hour of something or other. So I watched a lot of that show, mm-hmm. Altered Carbon. If you haven't seen that on uh, on Netflix, that show is like the first episode, I'm like, I don't know about this show. By the end of the second episode, I'm like, I like it's kind of, it's Blade Runnery, but not nearly as slow paced. But it's the you know f- it's set in the future, and you got all the high tech stuff, but the guy's still like living in his low techy sort of places, and uh, you know doing his detective work. It's really good. And uh-huh. then uh, Heather and I have been on a horror movie kick. I did not know. 23 years I've known my wife. I didn't know she really liked horror movies. I thought she kind of tolerated horror movies. And then we went to go see Midsummer, like like months and months ago, and she bought it on Amazon Prime, and she's watched that. We've watched that movie like a dozen times. So in the past two weeks, especially in the last week or so since I've had to be home, we've watched Hellraiser, Hellraiser 4, The Exorcist. We went to the theater to see The Invisible Man, which was great, by the way. Uh, Three from Hell, the new and the old Suspiria. We were watching Sleepaway Camp just before I came down here to record. Um, 
and then I think she's going to finish that, and then she said she's going to watch Night of the Demons. Um, so we've just been like horror movieing it up, which is great. Now, I mean, sometimes she's kind of up and she wants to relax and just watch them by herself. But I'm like, oh, dude, horror movies, you got to watch with somebody. Because when they get really stupid and just dumb, you can laugh at them with someone. But uh, it, it's that's what we've been doing, horror movies, constantly. And the other thing is, my daughters don't care for horror movies, so we can put them on and they will go away. Like, they will go to their rooms or go to another room. Hey, you know what? They talk a lot, like 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 as much as I do sometimes. And we're sitting there watching a movie, and they walk, and they start talking to us, and we're trying to watch the movie, and then I'll pause it. And I'm like, why'd you pause it? Because like, she's not shutting up yet. And she don't care. we got to wait another 10 minutes to watch the movie because she's got to tell us blib, blab, blibble. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So, But we put on the horror movie, <laughs> scatter. Nobody likes it. I'm like, Good. I found I have, I have found their kryptonite, and I intend to use it to the best of my abilities. <clears throat> I'm not even kidding, dude. We signed up for. I'm Shutter. sorry, your teenage daughters chat like teenage daughters. Exactly, and that's fine. I mean, if I'm not doing anything, I love having conversations. Morgan is hysterical. My the older of my two daughters, she's a riot. Christopher adores her. Like, they'll, they'll go out, he'll, like, run out to go get ice cream, and then she's like, I'm going to go with you. And they go to pick up the ice cream. There's a place down by my house. They come back, and the two of them are just cracking up. They're laughing together. They're telling me all their stupid stories. I mean, Morgan is, is quite charming, actually, and she's really funny. So I don't mind talking to her, unless I'm sitting watching a goddamn movie. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, so, yeah. Okay, that's that. And you had no other. So that's the toolbox. Yarp. Yarp. Toolbox. All right. Um, all right. So why don't we get into this? Uh, why don't we get into this topic here? And we'll do this for a bit. And then we'll take a break and we'll tell people where they can buy all of this stuff. And I think you know the place I'm going to mention. But that's for later. That's called a tease. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So sure. Why don't you intro this since this is your baby? Uh, no, my baby's sleeping. Um, <laughs> but so... With the tournament season coming up, like I don't get to play at Adapticon, so for me, like looking forward to f- watching other people game for four days, it's not a lot to look forward to from a nerding gaming perspective. Um, but with the Midwest Meltdown coming up, which is going to be the I think largest independent GT in the country, sounds right. I think so. Yeah. Um, Outside of like a big convention, um, so not like Nova, LVO, or Adapticon, but like on its own, freestanding, um, it will likely be the largest uh, AOS tournament in the country. Um, they are doing the theme for this year is Underworlds Apart, um, playing off of a little bit of Journey, but that's okay. So for both the Grand Tournament and the Friday Team Event, um, each player can bring an Underworlds Warband from their grand alliance for free in a select number of games. Uh, It just kind of depends on how many games that Domus and the crew decide um, that they put in the pack for how many games you get to play with this crew for free. Um, Partially because we don't get to see them very often. It's not something that routinely sees table time. These little Underworlds Warbands. So... Now you're actually going to see them. And there's a lot of people that don't know what the heck these things do. So I know one of them. And he's on the show right now. 
and it's not you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, I was reading yeah. the notes. I'm like, okay, right. this is great. I need to know this. Yeah. So there's a lot of interesting stuff. There's a bunch of different warbands. Um, there are still two more forthcoming. Uh, Magrox Crushers is a new Brute uh, warband for Iron Jaws, it looks like. And then they just announced Morgwaith's Blade Coven, I think is what they're called. It's Blade Coven or Blood Coven. Um, that's a Daughters of Cain warband. So that looks there's a lot of hot. interesting that's stuff. That's a nice looking uh, Yeah, no, the models for these next two warbands are amazing. Yeah. Um, especially the Sister of Slaughter out of the Blade Coven. Uh, because she's like skipping over stuff and she's suspended in the air by her whip and her shield. Um, so it's a pretty ridiculous model. Yeah, no, that's um, awesome. Loved yeah. It. So we got a lot to look forward to. So we figured we might as well talk about the rules to these because like theming them to your army is part of like the pseudo painting competition that they're doing. Um, or something to that extent where you get you're encouraged to make them your own. Or you can just use the stock models, whatever works for you. So just speaking to the rules, um, we want to make sure that people know what they're walking into because a lot of us we don't use these things. So we should probably talk about them. Because like even in our own book reviews we skip them. Yep. Absolutely. We really do. So um obviously we can't speak to Magrox or Morgwaiths the two new ones because they haven't come out yet. Um, there's also Iron Souls Condemnors and Lady Harrow's Mournflight, which are the easy-to-build Sequitur and Mirmorn Banshee kits. So they don't have their own rules for AOS for the Mournflight and the Condemnors. So we're just going to skip those. Okay. So we should probably start with the smallest one, which is Death. Uh, there's only three of them. So, now you're planning on playing Night Haunt, right? From what I understand? Well, yeah, that's the only... Because that's the only army you have left? That's the only army I have that's based properly. I could play Dwarden, but I never managed to get them onto round bases yet. So, yeah, I'm playing ah. this. And only only about half of my Legions and Nagash is... Uh, based properly, so when I get Legions of the Gosh based properly, I'll be able to basically take all the death. But right mm-hmm. now, I just have the Night Haunt. To answer your question, yes. Okay, so uh, we'll start with season one, which was the Sepulchral Guard. This is a auto healing unit of seven skeletons. As long as the warden is alive, they get to heal D three models per turn in the hero phase. So that's pretty okay they get the normal skeleton rule so the plus one to hit if they're holy within 18 inches of a friendly death hero cool they can reroll charge rolls because they're fast skeletons great Uh, but they are not summonable oh so you can't put them in the ground so can't put them in the ground you can't heal them with grave markers you can't heal them with deathly invocation um, like there's some interesting attack profiles in there because there's obviously the guy with the scythe, there's the great sword, um, from the champion. So like there's some interesting stuff in there, but it's not. I love that kit. Dummy enough to tip anything. I love those. Yeah, the kit is amazing. Uh huh. Like best skeletons they've probably put out. Um, so they only heal on their own, 
and there are only seven guys that only have a five-up save. So they're going to die to a stiff breeze. And then they don't have the Legions of Nagash keyword or anything like that, so you can't get a death save for them outside of Grand Alliance death. They're just like rando skeletons. Like, they show up, they get no bonuses, they're just like, hey, we're skeletons, so are you. And then there's seven of them, and they die. They're just, they got, like, I think the leader's name is, like, Phil. And he's just like, hey, I'm Phil. These are the other guys that's uh, Bonehead over there, and that's Stinky, and there's Mr. Wizzle Teeth. And then they just, and then they all die. I'm not kidding. Yeah, unfortunately, um, no, no, you're not. Um, Unfortunately, they are not the uh, good choice, if you want to look at it from a pure gaming perspective. But the models themselves are amazing, and you could create your own version of them very easily with mm-hmm. the existing skeleton kit if you wanted to do something unique to your army. That is true. But other than that, I'm going to go with hard pass. Just not put yeah. them in my army. Yeah. Uh, so then we'll move on to uh, the Thorns of the Briar Queen, which is a hero. So this is one of the new distinctions that they started doing more into Season 2 of Underworlds, but it's a hero and a unit. So you have the Briar Queen and a unit of six chain rasps, essentially. Um, the Queen herself, like, she's nothing to write home about in combat or anything like that. She's a Banshee. She mm-hmm. has a fairly decent shooting attack, but the big thing is that she's a wizard. Um and if, especially if you're in a Nighthaunt army, she gets another spell from the Lore of the Underworlds. So she gets a spell from that. She gets access to all the realm spells um, and just adds a lot of extra to your army, regardless of whether or not you're playing Nighthaunt or uh, Legions or Flesh Eater Courts or even Bone Reapers. Um, just having an extra wizard for free is not a bad thing to have. Um, and then her basic spell, just on her scroll, um, is great for controlling a large part of your opponent's army, especially if they're movement six or less. And for those that don't know what I'm talking about, verbatim, uh, cast value seven. This is her spell, Howling Vortex. If it goes off, pick a point on the battlefield within 18 inches of her that she can see and roll 2d6 for each enemy unit within six inches of that point. If the roll is greater than the value of that unit's move characteristic, or that roll is a double, so really high percentage to do this, that unit suffers one mortal wound, and its move characteristic is halved until the caster's next hero phase. That's not bad. No. At all. It's a great little control spell, especially if your movement, like, five or less, like, I'm looking at you, most everything... Um, like there's some stuff that it's really not going to affect like eels or stuff like that. But most armies in the game, it's going to hurt at least make them move slower. So, so you can dictate the pace of the game more, which is what death wants to do anyway. Yeah. So this one's not bad. No, it's not. Um, now obviously the thorns themselves, they're fast because they're a chain rasp, so they all fly, they're ethereal, they ignore that. Um, they get to reroll ones to wound if they target an enemy unit that is within three inches of two or more models from them, 
in a normal chain recipe unit, it has to do with the amount of models in that unit. But since they're a small one, um, they had to change how they get their rerolls. Um, they only get a death save in Night Hunt. They don't have the LON keyword. So if you want to give them a death save, it has to be in Night Hunt. But then the queen also generates a death save bubble off of her. So she can help other units as well. Oh, that's good. So I think, yeah, I think arguably this is the best choice just because you have a wizard, you have access to an ethereal flying unit um, that isn't bad at all. And then the last one for death is the Grim Watch, which is the Beast Grave Warband for death, which is Flesh Eater Courts, and it's a crypt gassed courtier and a retinue of five ghouls and a bat swarm. Uh, so it's a very weird warband, um, especially since like the normal thing for gas courtiers is that they are not particularly fighty, and do crack marrow is. Um, he gets to add one to his damage against monsters because their narrative is that they are monster hunters. So he then gets up to three attacks, threes by threes, ren one, damage three at two inch range against a monster. So he can put some hurt on him. Okay. Um, so that's always a good thing. Um, and we'll talk about where he really starts to shine. The crypt ghouls themselves and the bats they also get to add one to the damage characteristic of their attacks if they're t- fighting against a monster. And they can also take wounds for the Duke on a four up if he's near them. Okay. So it's like how the Necromancers in Death shrug off wounds to a nearby unit. He does the same thing to them, but then he can summon them back. But it only affects the Grimwatch. So he rolls the six dice and for every two plus he heals one every one of his hero phases. Oh, okay. So he's essentially got this little regenerating stockpile that he can shrug off wounds onto. And then if he's in Flesh Eater Quartz, he gets the death save, which is cool. So it makes him a little extra survivable. It makes the unit a little extra survivable having that save. Um, but the unit and Duke Crackmarrow are Hollow Mourn, which is... I don't understand it, personally. Um, it messes up your synergies with a lot of the other courts, um, even just like the generic ones, having Holomorn means you're not going to get access to the extra command abilities or significant traits of like, um, what is it? Um, Morgant, that's the one. Um, where they would probably do better as Crypt Ghouls is compared to Holomorn. Because Holomorn is all about the knights. So that's the flares and the haunter and the horrors so the units themselves don't get a lot of benefit but the duke does so if you're in hollow morn with the grimwatch the duke gets to reroll ones to hit when he charges he gets access to the command ability which is you add plus one to your run and charge rolls and the unit that he affects can then still run and charge so that's cool yeah um then also, these guys are from Gur, because that's where Beast Grave is set, is the realm of Gur. But when you look at the narrative for Hollowmorn, they're actually based in Shaman, which is the realm of metal. Oh. So, 
to me, it doesn't make sense except that they are probably the best of the monster hunters for flesh eater courts. But then you could also argue, well, about Gristlegore. It's like, well, you could argue Gristlegore because they are from the realm of beasts. So it's a little weird narratively speaking, but it's not a bad choice, especially if you're playing flesh eater courts and hollow morn. So got you. Yeah, this is a lot of like analysis, paralysis, and breakdown of all the different War Scrolls folks, so we're just kind of hitting the high points, because if we covered every single weapon that these things have... Yeah, forget forever. about that. <laughs> so, that's all the death, I think, right? Yeah, there's just the three that they have access to right now. All right. So, yeah, I mean, some of it's worth it. And you guys said if you want to be themey, you totally can. Yeah. All right. So, um, should we move on? Should we do destruction next? I think so because they're fun. And there's only four of them, right? Um. Oh, five of them. Five of them. I, I yeah. There's that one. five, and then there's six that are still coming because we still have the brute ones to come out. So, so there'll be six total. Yeah, there'll be six Destruction Warbands. Okay. Well, I like these ones, and I like the models for these ones. So, all right. Uh, can we start, let's start with Iron Skulls, boys. Um, why don't I yeah. read a little bit of the notes so I'm not just sitting here just making you carry the whole show, and then you can go into details. It's okay. Uh, two wounds each with a four up. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, seven attacks hitting on twos with their bonus. Threes to wound rend one. They don't have shields like the Yard Boys, but they naturally... Oh, that's right. They just ignore wounds on a six. Because they're that tough. They're that tough. And if you've got Gerzeg, that's on a five? Gerzeg is a like, unit champion right. for them. Oh, so it's just so him. So if you allocate a wound to him on a five up, it's negated. Oh, okay. Because he's extra tough. Yeah, he, he is. And if you put them in an Iron Suns army, do they have the Iron Suns keyword? They do. So then they get the minus one to be hit in the first round. Oh. Yeah, there's not a lot else that you get out of Iron Suns for the boys. But still, just being Iron Jaws, they take damage, they move forward. They're minus one to hit in that first round. And for there are a four-man unit on 32-millimeter bases that hit pretty consistently with a lot of attacks. And then they have Gerzeg's Ed Butt and... Uh, Bone Cutter's got a big axe. So, like, they can put out a little bit of damage. So they're not bad. Um, I don't think they're a star choice, but if you're playing Iron Jaws or, uh, what is it, War Clans, may not be a bad choice. All right. So, um, okay, then what's next? We've got, oh, Zarbags gets. Oh, I know this one. But I don't know how it works in this game. Because, but I, I, I actually played this one. So you got uh, the Madcap Shaman. You got uh, three Arrogates. Uh, you got a Fanatic. And then you've got the dude with the two... Uh, or does the dude with the two... Uh, with the two squigs, is he in there too? Yeah, so... It's the unit... three. Sh- the unit is three Shooters, two Squigs a squig herder and a netter 
and then there's a fanatic in it. Right. Oh, so okay. and then it's a wizard. So it's essentially three units. Oh, okay. Oh, so it, does it actually use as three units, three separate units? Yeah, it does, wouldn't it? Yeah, because it's a hero, and then you have the gits, and then you have the loon smash of fanatic, uh, which is its own separate thing. So it's three separate units. Huh. All right. This says that, uh, oh, Zarbag has five wounds, so he's bigger than a mm-hmm. usual wizard. Um, in the Gloom Spike Gits list, at least. He doesn't have the once per game cast twice, but his once per game two up, three up, if in the light, to cast roll is potentially devastating depending on the spell. Okay, so once per game he gets a two a plus two to cast and if he's if he's doing the moon moves. If he's in under the influence of the moon he gets a plus three. Yeah. Alright, that could work. Um his unique spell is kind of blah. If he's within three inches of an enemy, he's probably dead, it says here. And the gits have the yeah, moon the Yeah. Go. Yeah, so the spell is it makes the unit that he's fighting have to make a retreat move in the hero phase. So it's cool, but if he's within three inches of something, he's probably dead already. Uh, okay. Uh, they're, they are moon clan, so in a gloom spite army, they can reroll ones to hit if they're under the light. Um, and uh, this is the only destruction warband with a wizard. So... Mm-hmm. They sound actually pretty good. Any yeah, de- any details a, you want to? They're a fast little unit. The big thing is you get this unit of gits. Then you have Sour Tongue, which is the fanatic. So you have this random little dude that flies around doing mega damage and always striking first. So you have another free way to interrupt like the activation stuff that goes on with the shenanigans right now with that. Mm-hmm. So you've got that. You've got this little unit that moves pretty quick. Um, the squigs getting to reroll ones to hit because they have the Moon Clan keyword, not the squig keyword, because the unit itself has Moon Clan. Because um, normally squigs, when they get hit by the light, they get to run and charge. This unit is not all squigs, so they have the Moon Clan keyword. So squig, the two squigs in the unit get to reroll ones to hit with their attacks, which is pretty good. Okay. I like that. Yeah. And I liked that. that mm-hmm. That's the one, that's the one Underworld group I actually painted. So, like, all the way to the end. So, I like the. Uh, they they were fun. That was a fun group, of, like, the quick seven models to paint. And it was a lot of fun to do it, too. I just, mm-hmm. I loved it. It really made me think about, oh, you know, this could be a fun army to build. And then I'm like, no, I'm not painting 120 of these damn things. I'm like, painting seven of them was cool, but I'm not painting all those goblins. Yeah, no. I would agree. Uh, Malag. Ooh, Malag's unit. Okay. Um, he's pretty tough. He can heal. And he can heal better if he's in a Gloom Spite army? Yeah, if he's... Normally, he gets to heal on a 4-plus in the hero phase. He heals D3 wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's a Trogoth, if he's under the light of the moon, he gets to either re-roll how many wounds he heals... Or he can reroll to see if he heals. Oh, so if he 
to re-roll. See if he, so if he fails his roll to heal, he can re-roll it, but that's the only one he can re-roll. But then yes. if he passes his hit, then he can re-roll the wounds back if he doesn't like what he got. That's not that's not bad. Mm-hmm. No, and he's a hero. So regardless of the other crew, he is just a hero. Okay. Um, so... It says here he has the Dankhold Trogoth abilities. It's only got eight wounds, um, but he can sacrifice his minions for extra wounds, uh, possibly more depending on how many five-ups you can roll on the Stalag Squig. So yeah, they're so like the little Stalag Squig that comes... Yeah, they each have their own little unique ability. Like the Bat Squig can bite something. The Spore Shroom or the Spite Shroom can make... Stuff near him minus one to hit, um, and then the stalag squig. His only job is to take wounds from Malog. So, on a five up though, when you allocate a wound to stalag squig, he ignores it, and stalag squig is still there. So you still have this way to consistently shrug off damage from Malog onto the stalag squig if you roll good enough. Oh, nice. Um, he's got a really weird shooting attack with the jabber toad. Um, where if he hits and successfully wounds on a four up, four up with no rend, um, the jabber toad imposes a minus one penalty to everything on the model until the end of that turn. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, I mean, if it, if the jabber lands, it can do stuff. Um, and then he's essentially got a two swing star soul mace for his weapon that's all he has it's mortal wounds oh really yeah okay so on a two on a one up he does nothing on a two to three he does one mortal wound and then on a four up he does d3 mortal wounds and he's got two swings with that club so all he does is mortal wounds and he throws a toe to you (laughs) that actually sounds kind of fun so yeah and he's also got the ability to ignore spells on a four up because he's magically resistant and gloom spite units within 12 inches of him get to add plus one to their bravery because they are, they feel calmer. They feel better having a dang old Chagath around, even if it's a little guy. How much do they get in the other so, book? How many wounds do they have in the other book? Uh, regular dang holds. Yeah. I uh, believe they are 12. Wow, really? That much 10 or 12, huh? one of the two. Okay. Yeah, so he's little, but he's also on a 50 millimeter base as compared to the regular ones, which I believe are on 65s. Oh, okay. So he's little. He's cute. He's got a big mushroom for a hat, but he's pretty cool. I All like right. Malig a lot. All right. Uh, Ripa's Snarl Fangs. Um. You know what? I'll let you take this one because you got a lot of commentary in here. And if I read it, I'll sound weird. Yeah. Um, yes, this is the new unit of Wolf Cavalry that came out with Beast Grave. So it's a unit of three Snarlfang Riders. Um, when they came out, I remember seeing a lot of hate on the social media about them because it's a very weird unit. The Grats themselves are blah because that's what they are they're grats 
there's one guy with a bow that doesn't hit very well, even though Rippa has a bow modeled on him. He doesn't get to shoot it. So okay, it's again kind of weird, but it's three guys. Their movement twelve, so that's a quick unit, or they can get around to deal with squishy characters or severely wounded models, and they're like a finisher unit. So they get to do a six-inch pile-in like a Yeti does for Beast Claw Raiders. So it's not like they have to charge to hurt you, and they can deal out with the activation stuff um, and just do that massive 12 move plus a run and then pile in six. So they can reach out and touch something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they are small bases. They're only on, they're just smaller than 60 millimeter ovals. Okay. Um, because the underworld stuff, for whatever reason, is just slightly smaller. So you can get in there a bit. And then the snarl things, they get to do plus one to hit if they're fighting something that has a wound allocated to it. Okay. So the snarl thing then gets to hit on twos, wound on threes, two damage a bite, and they have two attacks each. So that's six attacks from the snarl fangs. So you could potentially do a lot of damage just with them, let alone the little cheapy attacks you get from the gits. Okay. So they don't in gloom, like they have the gloom spike keyword, but they don't work with the moon at all. They have none of the requisite keywords to get abilities from the moon, but it also means that they're not kind of shackled to it. Cause having played gloom spite now for a little bit, you're kind of stuck with wherever the moon goes as far as like how much better your army gets. Uh-huh. Um, so these guys not depending on the moon is actually a fairly good boon to them. Um, although they're wolves, so they should really be howling at the moon. Um, but whatever, or at least barking <laughs> at it. So, yep, no, but they're cool. And the models are absolutely amazing. They're super fun to paint up. Um, and they have a lot of really interesting things on them. So, like bones, snakes. There's a massive spider on Ripa's base crawling into a hole. Nice. So I try to remember seeing yeah. those. There's a lot I, of. I like these models. I thought they were pretty yes, good. The models are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So. So okay, and then last one is Hrothgorn's Man Trappers. Uh, he's got basic hunter stats, but no throwing spear or command ability. In Maw Tribes, he and Thranfnir get the Grasp of the Everwinter trait. Uh, roll a die if it's under or equal to the current tur- turn number. The unit takes D3 mortal wounds. He's on a smaller base than the average hunter. He's on a 40, not a 50. He can fit in smaller places, though, when you're ambushing. He also can take the Noblars in ambush with him and counts as two reserve units for percent purposes. When he sets up the first time, you get a free saber tusk, wholly within three inches of him. It doesn't count toward your present and reserves. So essentially, three units in one. Not uh, that right there is already makes it sound uh, pretty good. But uh, yeah, so what do they so all? What do they all do? Has the 
So he has the ability to come out in ambush, and then he brings the Noblars with him instead of bringing the Saber Tusk. So he pops on from the edge, and he has to be at least nine away, mm-hmm. like any normal thing. His trap launcher is a 12-inch shot. So that one's fours by threes, no Ren D3 damage. So he's got a fairly decent gun. Okay. Um, the Noblars are really where it's fun. Um, there's three of them. Uh, Luggett and Thwack are just two Noblars pigbacking, so they just kind of die. That's their job. Okay. Uh, Quiv gives Hrothgorn two attacks with his crossbow if he's within three inches of him when he shoots, so it goes up to two-shot crossbow, nice. um, which is always a good thing. And then the best one is Bushwhacker, who is the... Um, Australian or the git because um, you know bushwhacker um, <laughs> that's what he does so he has the ability to set up a trap marker on either a terrain feature or an objective marker as long as he's in your army and you do this at the start of your first hero phase so the timing is important because you get to pick the most optimal place for it instead of your opponent um, can choose to ignore it if you have to do it before you set up. Oh, okay. So it's like if you put the marker, yeah, if you put the trap on like X piece of terrain, your opponent can say, well, screw that one. I'm not going over near that. I'll adjust my plan. But you can do this to affect an objective. Um, I personally think this would be hilarious in relocation orb if you put the trap on the orb as it flies around. Oh, that's right, because the trap would go with it, wouldn't it? It would. <laughs> so how this works, um, you get to pick a terrain feature or an objective that is not wholly within enemy territory and say that it is trapped. So it gets the trap marker, which is cool. It's actually like there's a separate model for the trap, and it's this massive bear trap made of jaws, which is pretty cool. Okay. Um, the first time any unit finishes a move within an inch of the trap terrain feature or objective, you roll a die. And on a 2+, plus, that unit takes D6 mortal wounds, and the trap goes away. Jeez. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, and it all, what else does it say it can do in here? Um, if it's in a winter bite, they're not going to benefit from Ghost of the Blizzard since they're not in your territory most of the time. And you have to be wholly in friendly territory to get that minus one to be shot. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Howl of the Wind gives ASF to Yetis or Saber Tusks. Yeah, that's the command ability from Winterbite. Oh, okay. Well, that works. I mean, I just, I like I like these models, too. Yeah, like, the thing is, I think a lot of people is, like, the models are great, but they don't use them in Underworlds because they don't want to play Underworlds for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like, we've had this discussion at length. Um, but finally, like, having a reason to actually paint them up, to use them in AOS, and maybe use them a little might actually be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so get them out there. People at least ask what they are and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and that brings us to the end of the destruction lists. So, you know what we should do? We should take a minute and talk about 
Grognard games. Because mm-hmm. they're kind of awesome. There's always they something are. happening at Grognards. I'll tell you that right now. So um, I, now, once again, haven't been there in two weeks. Not because I didn't want to be, but because I didn't have much of a choice. Um, but I'm wondering if anyone went to go and got to see the guy who's doing the, uh, who who takes pictures of the armies. He's oh, got, the army picks guy? Yeah. He said he, he sent me a message. He said he would love to do my uh, Nighthawk army if I wanted to bring it over there. I'm so bringing it over there. I may not get to do it till after Adepticon because he's probably busy too, but I'm so bringing it mm-hmm. over there. That's going to be awesome. Um, and uh, by the way, if you didn't know, all of these kids, you can get all of these kids Alex is talking about Ed Grognards as well. Um, and they've still got all their weekly uh, game you know, sessions. Check them out on Facebook. They're always posting what they're doing, and it's awesome. Um, you were there actually... Not you were there re- more recently than I was. Hmm. Yeah i uh, <laughs> I needed to run out there and pick up some stuff, and Carrie needed a nap, and Joan needed a nap, and I needed to get out of the house. So I took the baby uh, down to Gargnard Games, which is fine. It's a good drive for us. Um, Did she sleep well in the but car? But I just let her. Oh yeah. She totally does, and um, my car runs really quiet, so makes it very productive for sleeping. Um, so I got her out, and I just put her down, and she just starts toddling around, doing what toddlers do. <laughs> um, and I grabbed what I needed, and as we were walking down the aisle, we hit the AOS stuff, and she reaches up and grabs the first red box that she can reach in like that string of white because all the new AOS boxes are white now. Right. And the old fantasy boxes are So the first red box that she can grab is a box of flagellants. <laughs> and she wouldn't let me put them back. Um, For which army? Um, well, the last one you used. Because I painted... Uh, well, I sold them a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have painted in my career, I want to say 170 of them. <laughs> uh, did you wind up buying I them had, since you didn't want to put them down? I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I bought them. Totally. Uh, if nothing else, the kit is great for conversions. It has a lot of awesome bits. Um, but no, it's like I could not get her in the car without her holding that box. That's great. And she held it all the way home until she fell asleep and threw it on the chair, on the uh, seat next to her. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, no, I took some cute pictures of it because, you know, even the baby can find something at Grognards. <laughs> I, just, I saw the picture I'm just of that. glad personally that like, she ignored the food. Or candy or whatever. No, yeah. She just completely disregarded. I was perfectly okay with like, no baby, you cannot have a bag of chips. It's not for babies. Yep. So, but no, and last time I was there, they have almost all the warbands in stock. So if you need to pick up a warbands or a warband for Midwest Meltdown or any other tournament coming up, you can definitely get it at Grognard Games. Yes, you can. Um, 
Yeah, check them out. Check them out because you know what? They're great. Um, all right. I think it's time to go back to talking about all these great things. And if you just joined us, we're covering the Underworld's crews and how they go into, uh, you know, how, how they play in uh, in the various armies because, because we're going to be doing this for Midwest Meltdown, I guess, for the team tournament at least, right? For the team and the singles. Oh, I'm gonna need to borrow whatever it is I use for the team if that's if I can. Cause I know I, I got none. Oh, that you do know. Okay, because I didn't. I'm not I paying know. attention. I don't know. <sighs> there is a reason why I'm like prioritizing painting all of my Underworld's warbands because I'm sure people will need to borrow them. <laughs> oh well, that's awesome. See, and that's 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 I can rely on Alex. You are the level head. On this show, and you remember, and you have things, and you know things, and I appreciate that. I just want to let you know. Um, it may be the medication talking, but <laughs> that's fine too. It probably is a little bit. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Steelheart's champions. So, These guys are the first crew to come out in the original set, right? Yeah, they were the you know three liberators. Yep, the unit of three liberators. So, uh, Severin and Oberyn each get up to... Wait, they get up to six when they swing? What is this? They get up to... They can do up to six damage um, when they attack. Uh, Severin has three attacks at damage two, and Oberyn has two attacks at damage three. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying they could do damage six. And they also have Lalo and the Tyrants. Oh, that's right. So they get plus one. Yeah, so they can do quite a bit of work, um, and I'll let you carry on. Okay, um, if charged, they can take Heroic Guard and get plus one of the save, but they don't get the benefit of cover if they do that? Mm-hmm. So if you're in cover, you don't need to do that, right? Or is there any other reason to if do you're, that? So there's no reason for you not to do it unless you're in cover. Um, but the other thing is it stacks a staunch defender. Oh, Okay. So, if you're taking them in a non-Hammers of Sigmar Stormcast list and you have Staunch Defender, when they get charged, they go up to a two-up save, re-rolling ones. Well, that's really good. Yeah. As um, long as or, Bright Shield's alive, they get to do that. Yeah, and that's the Liberator, the first female Stormcast, uh, Angerhard Bright Shield. So. Okay. And if this is in a Hammers of Sigmar army... Plus one bravery, and they can be targeted with the Soul of the Stormpost command ability um, to be recreated potentially after they're destroyed as their redeemers. Yeah, they have their redeemers keyword, mm-hmm. and the Hammers of Sigmar thing is that they get to rec- like resummon, essentially, destroyed units of redeemers. So that's liberators or uh, sequiturs. Okay. So, this is a unit that can get recycled. So, even if it dies in a Hammers of Sigmar Army, you have the potential ability to bring it back and deep strike it, essentially. So, they drop in nine inches away. Well, that's nice. And they just don't go away. Yeah. And there's no, like, distance between the unit and the character when you use the ability. So, even if they're way off in the middle of good nowhere, you can 
use this to try to pull him back. So, hmm. yeah. That sounds like a pretty fun one to use. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do we got next? We got the Chosen Axes. Aha! The Rune Father and the Three Berserkers. Uh, Fuel can use his command ability to stack with Vostar command ability. Okay, so that <laughs> plus two to hit. Okay, so he's, he can get a plus two to hit. Um, he gets a five up. Ignore- well, it's any unit wholly within 12 of him. Oh. Because he's got it on his war scroll that he gets to add plus one to hit for Vostar unit if wholly within 12 of him. The Vostar command ability is the same thing, but it's two different command abilities, so you can right. stack it. Oh, okay. So that, yeah. Because it says you cannot af- be affected by this ability more than once. So, because they're two different abilities, he can stack them. So if you're playing a Vostarg Fire Slayer list, you can totally do that. And what would what would they be hitting on with the plus two to hit? They'd be hit on twos, right? Twos? Well, they would hit on twos, I think, normally. No, the axes hit on threes. Um, and then the great axe hits on a four, I think. So, so be regardless, you're hitting on twos. Uh... Fuel gets a five-up ignore save if within three inches of his chosen axes. The axes get plus one to wound if they're within three inches of him. So, okay, there you go. So you just you keep them together. So, oh, so the axes are hitting often on twos and wounding on twos? Twos. Yeah. The axes all wound on threes. Yeah. Normally. Okay. They can use Berserk for Fury because they're a Volkite unit. Um. So that's when they die. You can say that they're going to use it, and then when they die, they get to fight before they get removed. Right. Okay. Um, if you're playing in Fire Slayer Army, they get the they get they get the runes benefit as well. Yeah. So the allegiance ability. Right. Okay. For this turn, I'm going to get this rune, etc. So they do get the lead. If it's a Vostarg army, plus one to charge rolls and add six inches to the movement instead of making a run roll in the first battle round. Uh, they can uh, benefit from Vostarg's command ability as they are berserkers and they'll get uh, plus one to hit. Wow. Yeah, we already talked about that. Right. Okay. Oh, that's the part of the that can be potentially the plus two. Okay, I'm reading over that part. Um, and then the command tra- they can run and charge, and they and with the other thing, the run is an automatically a plus six. That's really good. Yeah, they're a deceptive little unit, um, be- and it's again two units because it's the chosen axes and fuel grimner, so. It's two things. One is a hero, and for some scenarios, that'll matter a lot. And he's got good Runefather stats. He's got the latchkey axe. Like, he's not a slouch by any oh. stretch of the imagination. But then he's got a bodyguard. So, he's not bad. Yeah, I like this. Um, okay. Farstriders, a trio of hunters. If it's in Hammers of Sigmar, it gets plus one bravery. That's literally all that's down here. There's there's literally no difference between the hunters and the Farstriders, except it's three of them, and they're Hammers of Sigmar. That's it. 
Oh, like well. there's literally no difference. They get to ambush because they have a compass. Um, but no, that's it. Like they don't do anything different than normal uh, vanguard hunters. Okay. Um, I take it back. The bird has an ability to do a mortal wound on a four plus. Oh well, okay, that changes. I'm taking them. All right. Models are cool though. They are. Um, Stormsire's Curse Breakers. This is the knight in Cantor. And two evocators. And two evocators, right. Um, his, his, uh, base spell is better? What is, what has he got that's, uh... So, the basic spell for a knight in Cantor is, it's a bubble. Anything within 18 inches of it takes one to wound, or it takes one mortal wound, then they have to, I believe it's reroll successful charge rolls, um... But if they're within six inches of Stormsire when he lets this go, uh, they take D3 mortal wounds instead. Okay. And it's the same cast value. Well, that's good. Yeah, that is yeah. good. So it's just unique to Stormsire. All right. And so what else have we got in here? Um, he has the Spirit Flasks and the Void Storm, uh, Void Storm Scroll. Yeah, so that's the that's auto the unbind the, a spell. Yeah. And then the... Smash the flask stuff from mm-hmm. the other guy. Um, if it's in a Stormcast army, he, he still gets to pick a spell. Um, and then yep. the evocators, well, as you put here, they said they're basically evocator primes. Um, yeah, they have five attacks each, um, which is nothing to sneeze at with those. And as long as they're both still alive, they are a wizard. So in Stormcast, they get to pick a spell from the lore of Invigoration. The two of them also get to reroll ones to hit against Death and Chaos unit, and they are hammers of if they're if they're in hammers of Sigmar army, there's a plus one bravery to that. Uh, and the Stormsire can use the Soul of the Stormhost command ability. That's wow. That's a lot of good. For yeah. A, for a, now the one's a hero, and it's, so it's essentially two units, right? Yep. It's a hero plus the other two guys. And yeah, that they literally play as two separate units, even though you take them as one mm-hmm. group. That's like uh, the same thing like when you get right. the all those little those little guys that come in the Gloomspite army and you take the one unit and then each of them is a... The Gabapalooza, yeah. Right, yeah. Each is its own unit. That one sound, This one sounds really good. Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> actually not bad. The only issue is that it's expensive. Um... But you're also, it's you have to factor in how they play into their army of origin. So if they're in Stormcast Eternals, they get all those extra spells. Um, they get you get two unbind attempts. You get an auto unbind when Stormsire wants it. You have mortal wound spamming from the flasks. So like, you just get so much with this unit. Um, so yeah, it's expensive. But it's not a bad choice, and since they can go into any Grand Alliance Order army for free, yeah. sure, yeah. sign me up. All right. So then, what do we got next? Thundrix Profiteers. So you got uh, an Ether Chemist, which is literally exactly the same as the regular Ether Chemist, right? And then, yeah, you got- he does nothing different. Okay, <laughs> great. And then you got a bunch of different KO. Um, if they're in Bar- yeah, you've got a Sky Warden, 
uh, gunner or uh, the thunderer and then two Arcanauts. So it's kind of like a weird little unit. Okay. Uh, if it's in uh, the Baraknar, then Thundric, and that's the Ether Chemist, right? He gains, mm-hmm. let's see, he gets a four up for an extra command point in battle um, in the first battle round. Unbind like he's a wizard with a plus one. Uh, he can reroll battle shock test for units wholly within 12 inches. That's a lot of bonuses. If you're playing in Baraknar, if you yeah, but still, I mean, I, if you're playing in Baraknar, I'll ta- I'll take a possible extra command point in the first battle round and unbinding at a plus one and all that. Uh, profiteers get plus mm-hmm. one to hit if they're wholly within nine inches of him, and they can reroll battle shock, so their guns become a bit more accurate. And they're skyfarers, which means they can go on an airship. Oh, that's nice too. And this again mm-hmm. is two units. It's Thundric and yep. the Profiteers. Okay. Um, I suppose if you're playing Barak Nar, this could be a fun unit. Otherwise, it does, I, I I'm I'm just taking a guess that there's not that much of a benefit to taking them. Not really. They're slow. Uh, their guns are fairly short range. Uh, I think the longest one is the volley gun at 18. Okay. And then the normal. And I think is 18 as well. Um, if you need another Aether Chemist for free, if you're playing something that wants Caradon Overlords, like Tempest Psy, uh for Cities of Sigmar, I think could benefit from him if you take enough Overlords units. But it's kind of a closet case, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what we got? I think we got two more. Two more order. Yeah, two more for order right now. Okay. Uh Uthari's Guardians. This is the uh this is the um the tree ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is the Sylvaneth. Yeah. One of the Sylvaneth. Right. Okay, so you get one wizard with three revenants, so again two units. They all reroll ones to wound. Um Uthari's spell, it says it's short range and averages two mortals. What is it? Like a nine inch spell? It's a 12-inch shot. You okay. roll six dice, and on a five-up, the unit takes a mortal wound. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, on That's average, it. two. Yeah, okay. So, potential for anywhere from none to six. All right. Uh, if you're playing her in the Sylvaneth Army, she gets another spell. That's nice. If they're in Oakenbrow, they don't get... It says no inherent benefits, but Ilthari can use the Oakenbrow command ability, but it only affects Dryads. Yeah, it grants an extra save or an extra reroll to mm-hmm. dryads. I forget which, um, but again, it's affecting dryads, and her guardians are three tree revenants, so they don't benefit. Okay, um, but they are like normal tree revenants, so they get martial memories. Mm-hmm. So that's once per phase, they get to reroll a die. Okay. Oh. Which is good because that's reroll a run roll. That's reroll a charge roll. Reroll a hit. Reroll a save. Reroll a battle shock. And it's every phase. Reroll one die every phase. That actually isn't bad, is it? Hmm. It's not. But the 
big issue with these guys is they don't ambush or teleport around like regular revenants do with the way pipes because they don't have a piper. So oh, okay, they're a little more locked in position. So all right, again, not bad. Not bad. Uh, Skate Wild Hunt. This is this this is the what this is like the old wood elves, right? I mean, this is the guys, the centaur running around stuff. Isn't am I correct or am I? Yeah, this is the uh, half elf, half creature, because um, they're like satyrs and centaurs, and they have that little cat lion thing. Um, so this is the one that came out in the starter set for Beast Grave. Um, like, there's some of the cooler models, like Scathe, the centaur, legit cool model. I'm not a big fan of all the massive hair on these guys, <laughs> but they're still cool. Okay. Um, you want to go through real quick what uh, they do then? Sure. Um, because they are kind of obnoxious. Um, <laughs> they're Sylvaneth, but they don't have any other Sylvaneth keywords besides Oakenbrow, which they get no benefit from having at all. Right. Um, okay. So they're not like even like tree spirits or anything like that. They're just five Oakenbrow do's and dudette. Um, the unit itself has fleet of foot, so they get to run and charge or run and shoot. Um, so, I mean, it's nothing great. I'm not going to try to get them into combat unless they're going to pick off something easy. So let me get their war scroll. Um, the spell that they have is amazing. One of the guys in there is a wizard. And as long as he is still alive, that unit counts as a wizard. Well, so that works. its spell, I'm going to read this verbatim because it's obnoxious. Cast value 7. If successfully cast, pick one friendly Sylvaneth unit within 12 of the caster that he can see. Add one to wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by that unit until the start of your next hero phase. Okay. Wait. So you put that on a unit of six scythe... uh, What do you call them? Kurnoth Hunters? Uh Uh-huh. Or six sword hunters, or even a tree man, or a tree lord. So, usually always wounding on twos. <laughs> or even if just like a humble dryad going to a three to wound, with a two inch reach and their two attacks each, they're not anything to laugh at. No, I'm, that works. Mm-hmm. That works. But again, it's a Sylvaneth unit, but it's not a hero, so I don't believe they get an extra spell. Oh, okay. Because no. I think it's an extra... I think it's an extra hero. Don't quote me on it. Um, gets to take another spell. but So that spell is great, as mentioned, because plus one to wound on anything, but then it stays there, and it's always there. Because like, there are some... In uh, Realm of Fire, you get the plus one to wound rolls right. um, from Stoke Rage. So this is just something you can always have. You can always depend on it. So if you're playing Sylvaneth or Living City for Cities of Sigmar, because you can take a lot of Sylvaneth in that army, uh-huh. it's pretty dependable. Hmm. 
I didn't get all that from reading it, but you now you put it all out there. I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. I got lazy with that note, so. <laughs> you can tell which ones I did first and which ones I did last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So that's that's all the order. So all we have left is chaos. And how many of them we got? We got uh, two, four, six, nine? Seven. Seven. Oh, okay. I'm, I was just going by boldface type, and then I realized, wait, no, that's not right. Okay. So why don't we start with the Reavers? The the first that's the first uh, that's the first unit, or the first, that was the one that came against the the three Stormcasts. Yeah, so it's a unit of five Blood Reavers. Okay, so oh, easy Blood Tithe point in corn. So you can just throw them up and they'll die. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's it. There are six up save with one wound each. Oh um, yeah, so they die. Um, they are your normal Blood Reavers, so they do get. Plus one attack if they're near a corn totem, which is like a blood secretor or a war shrine. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not much more than a screen and easy uh, blood tithe point. Uh, Garrick's axe does have some mortal wound output if you roll well enough, but eh. Um, they are gore tides, so that means they get to reroll ones to wound if they're wholly within 12 and a, of an objective marker. All right. So that's pretty nice. And they get the. Gortide command ability, which I believe is run in charge. Don't quote me. Um, I did that one last in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I'm just, you know, I'm just reading. Um, sound, I mean, like you said, it sounds like they're good for a blood tithe point, and that's about it. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But hey, I mean, if they're if you take them for free and you can throw them out there, a blood tithe point is a blood tithe point, right? Uh, exactly, because then that can lead to bigger things. Yeah, like bringing back your one of your four, uh, you know, one of your four uh, or five bloodthirsters. Yeah, or five. Yes, I haven't had to face five. I'm okay with that. All right, so uh, spite claws. Give it a minute. Give it a minute. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Spite Claw Swarm. Clan Verminous. Okay. Uh, <laughs> says here, Scritch is the greatest. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> he's so great, he doesn't get an extra command trait. What? But he gets to restore so D3 models. Oh, okay. He gets man. to restore D3 so, models to the swarm in the hero phase, and he gets the Claw Lord command ability. All right, go over the, 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 the benefits of this. So, Scritch is the Greatest, yes, yes, is actually one of the objectives cards from the deck. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's why I put that in there. Um, he So, normal clans verminous claw lords get an extra command trait regardless as part of the allegiance abilities for Skaven. But because he is a unique character, he does not get one because he is so great. <laughs> There is a sarcasm undertone there. Uh, um, I was getting that. Yeah. So he gets to put D3 models back into the swarm, which is three weird cr- weird clan rats and one better clan rat, which is Crick, the almost trusted. Um, he can't reanimate Crick, but he can bring back the other three. Um and then the Claw Lord command ability is just the Nash and Other Bones plus one to wound for Clans Verminous units near him. 
Uh, so that's cool. Um, the unit themselves, so again, this is a hero and a unit, um, Crick makes them ignore Battleshock. So you don't have to worry about spending command points on the four one-wound rats uh, to prevent them from running away. And if Scritch dies, then Crick, the almost trusted, becomes like the pseudo-leader. So then he gets plus two attacks. So, okay, he goes up to four attacks with a spear. <laughs> um, they have an ability called Diversion to Death. So they have a five-up ignore save after the first wound is allocated to this unit that is not saved. So basically, one of them dies and squirts the Musk of Fear on the way out. And then the rest of them are like, uh-oh, we're going to die, so we're going to be better protected. All right. So it's timing is a little hinky with it because you take one wound, die, and then you get the shrug off. So. Okay. Yeah. And they're scaven. I'm blarg. Forget it. That's just me. Yeah. I'm a blarg. Forget it type of guy when it comes to scaven. Mm-hmm. All right, and the Gortide, Magor's fiends show up. Um, this is two units for Blood Tithe and Corn, one of which is very easy to kill via the prayer that gives you Blood Tithe points. Um, it has a potential reroll charge rolls if they're near Riptooth. Magor has some rend and potential damage. The real star is Riptooth as he can unbind spell attempts and dispel an endless spell. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, because he's a flesh hound, and okay. then it's three blood warriors. So, um, Riptooth himself gets to reroll charge because he's a flesh hound. Okay. He gets the unbind attempts because he's a flesh hound. Okay. Uh, he's also only two wounds. So, the prayer that I had mentioned to get the blood tithe point is you D3 mortal wounds to a unit to generate a blood tithe point. When a unit dies, you generate another blood tithe point. So Riptooth, on average, you will kill with that prayer, essentially generating two blood tithe points. Oh, nice. So if you want to play that way, and then the unit themselves is only six wounds to get to another blood tithe point. So, like, you can do it that way for hinkiness sakes, which is cool, but having an extra dispel attempt in chaos and corn, especially um, plus the ability to break endless spells is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, not bad at all. Um, yeah. In Gortide, since they have the Gortide keyword, uh, they get to reroll ones to wound. If they're wholly within 12 of an objective marker, they get the Gortide command ability. They can be affected by that, but Riptooth doesn't get them because it's Gortide mortal units. Oh, okay. And he's not a mortal because he's a demon. Yep, that he is. Oh, okay. So, um, once again, this sounds like Garrick's Reavers again. Just it's it, you, you might get something cool out of it, but for the most part, you're just gonna get abundant blood tithe points. Because if you use that, like you said, the prayer to do the one that's two, and then the other unit dies, you can get three blood tithe points out of this easy. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Uh, Eyes of the Nine, one of the coolest looking sets. Um, I like these. I like these models a lot. Uh, so uh, his base spell to generate an extra command point that he can use uh, is cool, but it's limited 
in what it can be used for? Because it can only be used on his stuff, right? It can only be used for auto run six, ignore Battleshock, and um, reroll charge roll. So reroll charge, auto run six. Okay. Otherwise, he's just a magister. But in Zinch, access to Destiny Dice and an extra spell is always good. If they're part of the cult of the transient form, he can use the command ability. Uh, it only affects Acolytes. Um, and they don't have the Acolytes keyword in the eyes of the nine. So the, the eyes don't, uh, they don't, they don't get They the don't have it. Yeah. So no benefit for them. But he can use it if, you know... He can use it to affect if there's if he's in an army with acolytes, so at least he can affect the stuff around him, I guess. Um, yeah, and that's when they die; they can potentially turn into Zangor. Right. Um, I don't know. Um, is, it, is it me, or does it not sound like that's anything super special? It's not, unless you're in Zinch. Okay. All right, and then we got the Godsworn Hunt. Uh, what? Oh, slaves to darkness. Um, he's yeah, a wizard. Yeah, I was like, what? Uh, the wizard. Uh, so he generates an extra spell in slaves to darkness, or she? Sorry. Uh, her base spell is great, but it's short range. And what is that base spell again, Alex? Uh, pick an enemy unit, and it is minus one to wound. Oh, that actually I until like. the uh, yeah no the spell is great and then you got a unit of marauders with some potential output as they reroll all to hits and reroll all to wounds against so if you're playing stormcast they're rerolling hits and wounds but just stormcast otherwise they're gonna die I mean aren't they like a six up save they are yeah and there's five of them oh so yeah they go and die quick. Yeah, it could be a blood tithe point, um, but then you have a wizard in corn, and that's just no bueno. Yep. Uh, you want to take Gashrex to spoilers because this is like a paragraph and a half, and I bet after I read it, you're going to have to explain it anyway. Probably. All right, go um, for it. So, Gashrex is the uh, Beast of Chaos warband that came out with Beast Grave. So it's uh, Gashrex, who is a brave shaman. And then four Ungors and a Bestigor. So we'll come back to the unit themselves here in a minute. Um, this is probably the best option for Chaos in general. One, because Gashrek is a wizard. So that's always a good thing. In Beasts, and even just in general, he gives all Preherd units um, plus three to their move if they're wholly within 12 inches of him when they start the move. So they go from movement six to movement nine on their own. But then he also affects all of their Bray Herd units in a beast of chaos army. So that's cool. Um, his spell is probably the nastiest spell that's available. Um, so it goes off on a seven it does D three mortal wound and anything that targets the unit he shot um, until the start of your next combat phase, your next combat phase gets plus one to hit that unit. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's an 18-inch shot, too. 
that's good. So that is really good. Um, and it's no limitations on what unit gets the bonus because it's debuffing the enemy. So it's not like it's keyword restricted to how it benefits you. It just flat benefits you. So if he's in corn, doesn't matter because it's debuffing the enemy. So that's a fantastic one. Uh, let's see. So he can also shrug off wounds onto the despoilers um, on a four up if they're near him. And the unit themselves get plus one to hit if they're wholly within enemy territory. So it's not great because you have two guys with spears, two guys with bows, and one bestigor. So if they're in enemy territory, chances are they're probably about to die. Um, <laughs> but in beast, this is an easy unit to sacrifice to get primordial call points. Um, so that's one of those where you shank a unit, you do uh, D3 wounds to get uh, primordial call points to then summon stuff. So you have this unit of six or uh, five dudes that Grashak can just shank in order to get primordial call points to then summon monsters or more dudes. Oh, okay. So that works. Yeah. Yep. And they have the all heard, uh, like, uh, great fray. So he can use the command ability if the general is alive to get an extra primordial call point in trade for a command point. So, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't sound like you're taking them. Yeah. No, you you are taking them. Oh. That plus one to hit on whatever unit you attack with Savage Bolt is bananas. Oh, okay. That was way in the beginning. I totally forgot about it. You got to forgive me. I'm loaded. It's fine. Um, but a lot of the Chaos stuff hits on threes uh-huh. normally. Or hits on fours with a high damage ceiling. So now you're hitting your low damage ceiling on twos and your high damage ceiling on threes. That is, yeah, okay. And it doesn't matter. So if you're playing like an alpha list with, oh, I don't know, Archeon, um, he gets plus one to wound against whatever unit Grashrak shot at. And then if he's got a unit of Varengard riding with him, the Varengard also get that bonus to wound roll. So it just, it compounds the more gets onto the unit. Okay. I wasn't even thinking about that, but okay. Yeah. Or if you wanted to alpha a bunch of, uh, chaos Lords on, uh, mana cores or storm fiends or, uh, vermin Lords or any other big nasties, that may have taken some wounds, so their profile is a little worse on the two wound roll. Suddenly, getting that back to twos when they would normally be threes. Like, there's some serious nastiness going on here. All right, cool. Yeah. So, um, probably my choice for best for general chaos would be this guy or this unit of beasts. Cool. Okay. Uh, and last, we've got the Worm Spat. Which which one is this? Which army is this? This is, ironically enough, Maggotkin. Oh, um, duh. So it's um, a sorceress and two Blight King bodyguards. Okay, I remember this one now. 
This one came out recently. Yes. Uh, seven wounds with a four up on their wizard. That actually is really good. And it's two units, right? Her yeah, and the, it's a okay. wizard and two blight kings. So seven wound wizard with a four up. Heals a wound on a four up every time she casts a spell that's not unbound. That sounds good. Uh, a four pr- plus shrug to the blight kings via bodyguards, which they may heal with their discharge ability. So uh, that... If she's within three inches of the two of them, uh-huh. on a four-up, she can take a wound that she's been allocated and put it on them. Okay. And I believe that they are four wounds a pop. She's got seven with a four-up save with the ability to heal. The festering discharge ability um, either does more damage to friendly or to enemy units or heals Nurgle units if you roll the correct dice roll. Oh, okay. So... That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so now with that, with that shrug, on a four-up, she shrugs it off. If she doesn't shrug it off, then she gets her save, right? I would have to double-check the wording. I'm just assuming that that's how it goes. I, I don't know. I just figured when you can pass off a wound to someone else, if it doesn't pass, you get then you have to heat, you have to try to heat or you know, roll your save. But, I mean, I don't know. Roll a dice before you allocate a wound or mortal wound to Fecula while she is uh, within three inches of the Blight Kings. And on a four-up, that wound or mortal wound is allocated to the unit instead of Fecula. Oh, see, and it's before it's actually allocated. So if it doesn't get through and you actually allocate it to her, then I would think she would get the save. Right? She gets her save first. No, no, no. And then she can shrug it off to them. Oh, is that how it goes? Okay. Yeah, because when you take the wound, you're alloc- you have to take the save, and then you're allocated a wound okay. for I, every I save you don't make. I don't know where my make. head is. I was thinking that you allocate wounds to the thing, and then you try to save them, you know, and then no. whatever doesn't go so through. So she gets her yeah. save, and then she can shrug off wounds. Okay, my mistake. I just I, I was confusing the terminology. Uh, let's see. What else okay. has this guy's got? Once per game, they can cast two spells with the Wretchling. Um, you get an extra spell in the Nurgle and access to the cycle of decay. Um, but you can also get realm spells and Nurgle spells, right? Her basic spell is only a seven inch shot. Okay. Um, just like a regular rep bringer sorcerer. Um, so to get the cycle of decay spell to change the wheel and then, Access to realm spells and whatever spell you took from the lore of Nurgle. Um, with the Wretchling, when she squeezes it and gets to do the, pl- the cast twice per phase. Right. Uh, for that one phase, she can then do some pretty good work. Okay. If they're in a Blessed Sons army? Um, yeah, that's one of the new things that came out in Wrath of the Everchosen. Okay. It's a Nurgle storm host, essentially. Um, it's called the Blessed Sons, but then you have Fecula, who is a female, so it's like the Blessed Daughter. Um, all three of them have the Ropringer keyword. Okay. So in Blessed Sons, when they die, they can explode. Okay. So on a two plus, they do mortal wounds to things near them when they explode and they die. That works. Totally yeah, works. and then f- the command ability for the worm spat is like this weird stacking for the 
Blessed Sons, I should say, uh, is a weird stacking thing where you pick a friendly unit and an enemy unit, and there's some sort of weird math involved. But if your number at the end of it beats the number from the from the enemy unit, that unit that enemy unit takes an additional three wounds or three oh. mortal wounds, I should say. Oh, but it's like this weird, complicated math that I had a hard time figuring out. Okay. Um, so actually, I should probably just pull up the uh, command ability and just read it verbatim. Probably. So, so other people smarter than me can figure it out. Uh, da, 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 da. This is great radio, Alex. It's wonderful. You're wonderful. <laughs> We're all wonderful. It's astounding. Yeah. Time is... There oh, it is. Okay, you got it good. I was just I was just singing okay. until you got back. You can use this command ability at the start of the combat phase. If you do so, pick one friendly Blessed Sun's Rotbringer unit, wholly within 14 inches of a Blessed Sun's Rotbringer hero with this command ability. So that's all of them. Then, at the end of that phase, pick one enemy unit that suffered any wounds or mortal wounds inflicted by that unit in that phase. Okay. So got I it. think it's... You pick a friendly unit that did damage to an enemy unit, and if the combined number of those wounds and mortal wounds is greater than the bravery characteristic of the enemy unit, the enemy unit suffers three additional mortal wounds. Yeesh. So I think how this works is it's... Um, <laughs> if you do, let's say, 10 wounds or mortal wounds to a unit that was fighting one of your Blight King units, okay. and their bravery is 6, they would take 3 additional mortal wounds. Okay. At least that's how I read it. Um, that hurts, that phrasing. Yeah. I, I'm not arguing with what you came up with, because I'm just thinking, well, um, okay. But, yeah. Uh, so, I mean... They're pretty cool. The models are amazing. Yeah. Um, sh- like, Fecula is great, and to actually see a Nurgle female, um, I think is just perfect. And she's clearly female without being, like, disgusting. I mean, she's disgusting. She's Nurgle. Let's, you know, call a spade a spade here. But it's not, it's like, not overly revulsive. Yeah. And it's not, like, flabby cleavage everywhere um yeah, well and then the two blight kings with her are those guys just are, amazing yeah they're Sepsimus and Golgotch are just wow yeah, they're great they are great uh and that brings us to the end of the chaos Okay, so here's what we're going to do. That's all. Yep, that's it. That's all four. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I've got some questions, and then we're going to wrap up the show. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. 
Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? C-Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? C-Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right. Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. We're back. Okay, so, Alex, since you've got the lowdown on these guys, I'd like to go one by one through the different Grand Alliances and have you pick your one or two standouts. Like, I, I don't, I mean, if they stand out, if they're really good, tell me. I'm not putting a, a number limit on you, but at least pick one. So, if we go into death, what stands out? Thorns. The thorns of the Briar Queen, and that is because if you got to sum up what ma- what uh, makes you love these, so it's a wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so especially for like uh, the scenarios there, wizards count as twenty models. Um, she has that ability to fly around and cap those. It's ethereal. Um, her spell is great for control, um, and the models are ridiculous. Like she herself is just so good. Yeah. Um, and then the other six chain rests with her are pretty cool too. Um, but it's definitely thorns unless you're playing hollow morn um, for, fe- for uh, flesh eaters, in which case I go with the grim watch. But if you're just playing death and not playing hollow morn flesh eaters, thorns, the briar queen. All right. What about destruction? This one's trickier. Um, if you're playing maw tribes, in general, I'd probably go with the Man Trappers um, just for additional control with regards to deployments. It's an extra Hunter, um, which is not the worst thing in the world to have as an extra free Ogre because then he also gets the Hungry and Eating things, so the plus two move and the plus two Bravery if he's within three. Um, it really just depends if you want another Fighter, in which case I'd probably go with Molog. If you want another wizard, Zarbag. Um, Rippers are cool too, uh, but I think just in utility purposes, probably Hrothgorn, Molag, or Zarbag. Now, granted, we don't know what the Crushers look like, the three Brutes, but uh, those would be my bets. Okay. Order. Uh, Skase Wild Hunt, if you're playing anything with Sylvaneth. Or Stormsire's Curse Breakers. I had the Curse Breakers marked, but the Skates Wild Hunt, yeah, okay. I can see that, too. If you're playing Sylvaneth, um, right. I think is the big limiter. Um, but the general pick would probably be Stormsire's Curse Breakers. Now, just, just so, because it's... Go ahead. It's multiple wizards. It's an auto-unbind. It's mortal wound output from the flasks. It's mortal wound output from the evocators. It's a ton of attacks from the two evocators. So it's just, overall, it is a really good unit. 
um, between the two of them. Because, like, even Stormsire has a three-up save, and the other two have a four-up. And they're movement five, so they're not, like, slow by any stretch of the imagination. So, and Stormsire is a wizard. And so are the Evocators. So, for scenarios that require wizards to get bonus model count, they each count as 20. So. Okay. No, I like that. And, uh, uh, let's see. Okay, and finally, Chaos. Probably the spoilers, uh, just to get that access to that spell. Okay. Uh, for the plus one to wound rolls. Uh, that's massive. If I'm playing corn, like I know that the spoilers are still good in corn. They're really good in corn. Mm-hmm. Um, just because corn like doesn't hit as often, but it hits hard. Um, or the plus one to hit roll, I'm sorry. Um, I wouldn't take a wizard in corn because that doesn't make any sense. Um, so I would take Magors um, over Garrick's in corn. But, I mean, Eyes of the Nine is okay. I don't know if I would take them over the Godsworn. Um, but I would probably take the Despoilers or Godsworn, depending on what I'm playing. And maybe the Worm Spat. It just depends on where you're sinking in with Chaos. Um, I don't think you take Spike Claws or the Reavers. Right. Um, just in general, unless you're playing Skaven and you want to stick thematically I would take Spike Claw. So, yeah, you've got a lot of options in Chaos. So, Okay. So here comes my last question. Going through all the ones you just picked, what would you say objectively, what would you say like that you think the three best are? And I'm not saying, you know, I'm just, I'm not, you know, saying which are these are the absolute, just objectively, you know, who's the most useful, I guess? Like, wh- who's going to add the most to to your list. Um, Whatever if you army take them. you put them in. Yeah. Uh, so, I objectively, probably Thorns of the Briar Queen. Okay. Um, because most Death Wizards are really expensive, and having an extra wizard for free, plus being a ghost, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, Stormsire's Curse Breakers, because you're adding two wizards. Right. Um, okay. Plus the auto unbind. And then Nash Axis spoilers. Okay. Or Grash Axis spoilers. Okay. I was I was wondering who you were going to go for the third one. I pretty much had guessed the first two. But I was wondering where you are going with the third yeah. one. So that, there you go. Well, that's all of them. And I never even really look at their rules. Like, I just don't pay attention, to be honest with you, because I just always mm-hmm. skip past them, even though I own most of them. Um. Yeah, I mean, and I guess part of it is because if you had to pay for them, I don't think you'd be taking almost any of these things, would you? Would you really? Maybe your top two. Yeah, picks? that's the Grashax. I would pay for okay. um, just to get access to that spell, especially in beasts. Okay, um, because their attacks are so blarg. Um, Storm Sire, I think, is two hundred and change um, for what he does and. Like he's cool, but he's not much. He's not that much better than a basic knight in Cantor, which is 140 points. Um, so you get the two extra evocators, and I don't know if paying 
80 extra points is worth um, dealing with them. So it just really depends on what um, your army needs. Mm-hmm. Let me just confirm Stormsire. Sure. I just think it's oh. cool that Domus decided, okay, shut bring my these. mouth. Okay. okay. Uh, Stormsire is 300 points. Whoa. Yeah, see, I'd never, I would never play that. For a 160 point wizard. Oh, no, the knight in Cantor is 140 points. So you're paying for an extra wizard and then 160 points for two evocators. And evocators are 220 points for five. So you're paying 80 points per extra evocator when they're only supposed to be about 54 points or uh, 44 44 points points, a model. That yeah no so, so if you got to pay for it no but if it's free like you said I mean it's just cool don't like hey take one you can take one just bring it take it that's yeah suddenly people are going to bring them just you know well a because it's a it's a free unit who doesn't want to bring one you know but suddenly you can start playing with some of these other things I think that's a great idea <laughs> it's just look it's just a tournament yeah I mean I suppose you get a couple of these could get pretty abusive. Like you said, the guy given the shots and then suddenly Archeon's like, hello, I get plus ones on this now. Um, yeah. I mean, Archeon's mostly hitting on twos with his attacks anyway, but uh, like, I think the heads or the claws hit on fours for Drogar. So, um, but I think the big thing is it's just that you're getting to play with something that you wouldn't normally play with. And this is, if you don't want to buy these models... Um, either because of cost or I'm never going to use them again, so why would I bother? Um, one, they all make great unit champions or extra heroes um, or even just extra cool bodies to your units. Um, like, Steelheart's champions, if you're playing Stormcast, like, that is... Those are three of the coolest models because you get a Grand Hammer, which is always a good thing to have in a Liberator unit. You have an absolute badass... Uh, regular liberator female with a shield mm-hmm. and she's the only one that exists as a regular liberator and then severin is a prime with a great sword so like even if you don't take them they're still awesome models but you get the opportunity to convert up whichever ones you want to fit the aesthetic of your army if you want to do something a little different this is where you get that wiggle room to do it yeah yeah, absolutely, and uh, I like I said, you, you know, I I could I I've seen people, I mean, go and just they they take the like the different characters for Steelheart's champions and just replace the Liberator unit champion with that guy, and and why not? Mm-hmm. You know, it, he that, that's what he is. He's armed the right way. Use him. It's 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 a cooler model, and that's without doing any conversions or yeah. anything. That's just using them in your army. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, we've hit it all. And next time, uh, next time you guys hear from us, it'll be, it's probably going to be after Adepticon because we're going to be at Adepticon. More than likely. We're going to be at Adepticon when the episodes do. And even if I bring the equipment and even if we record there, 
I ain't going to be able to edit it till I get home because I'm not lugging my computer with me. Um, and even if I could, uh, I no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna adapt to Conda to have fun. Um, so I don't even know if we're gonna bring it. We may just do an episode afterwards, but we'll figure all of that out when you hear the next episode, right? I think that's right. I think I'm mm-hmm. right. All right. Uh, okay, so then let's uh, let's wrap this up, Alex. Uh, thanks again to all of our. Patreon patrons, our associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and Lance Pear, our executive producer, Colin Miller, and our newest patron, William Shen. Once again, thank you all, each and every one of you, uh, past and present, who were Patreon patrons uh, for becoming part of the 1% and making all of this that you heard today happen. Um, All right, Alex, I guess we're good. You can... uh, yeah, we didn't wake the baby, so we're good, right? No, she woke up. Oh, God bless America. All right, so then we'll get but you done. But I don't think it was us, so... Okay. No, it's it's okay. She's having a hard time sleeping. It's just... It's that damn time change. It is what it is. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's dumb to begin with. Um, it is But dumb. then... Yeah, and then just like being a baby. So, it's rough, but it'll be okay. All right. Well, then uh, I will be talking to you very shortly because we're getting ready for Adepticon stuff. I'm helping out, so I like to help. All right, folks. Until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garagehammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, Comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's TGA.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.